Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Dopata podcast. Hopefully, you have had a great preseason. It is a little bit late in the preseason for us to get on top of this, but there has been some reasonings to why it's taken us a while to get back. But I'm joined with Damo and Dom. How are you going, fellas? Yeah, not bad, Paulie. Not bad. Good to be back and good to be back in a podcast forum with you, mate. It's been a while. Yep, definitely has been a while. And Dom, how are you going? Fantastic and so excited for the season to start again. That's what we want. So, look, I think we're not going to waste any more time because there's only pretty much 20-odd hours until the deadline hits and we need to get into what we've already done. So, I might start us off. We're going to get straight into our teams just so that you guys have a bit of understanding around what we are currently thinking now. This is an ever-changing environment is what I'm learning so far this off-season um, and I'm sure you guys are the same and I know we've been talking uh, throughout the pre-season around our teams and there's probably been about 30 players that have come in and out of my my team at the moment but what I'm settled on at the moment is a 3-5-2. I'm not going to do a lot of the rationale. I think what we need to do, fellas, is let's just get our teams out there so everyone knows what we've got and then we can justify and, and compare. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Done. So... I've got three five two, and right now I'm actually sitting on Jordan Pickford in goal yep. with John Stone, Stupin, and Gabriel as the back three. The other two that yep. I've got there are Botman and Udoji, and I'll explain them a bit later on about why yep. they're there. The five in midfield is Saka and Buemo, Eze, Rashford, Salah. Nice. And then Harland and Jao Pedro to round out the 11 with Mabama, as the extra the extra striker with Ariola in goal, so that's my setup. Who would like pretty template, pretty very, template, very template. Um, there's definitely someone there that I do want to talk about a little bit later on, but I will hand over to Damo. Do you want to just run through your fifteen, and then we'll get into a bit more of the yep. talking points? Uh, perfect. So at the moment, uh, I've got Pickford with Turner. As my two keepers, uh, turn obviously about to go for Forest and will eventually be there on FPL. Um, obviously, alludes that I only have two Arsenal assets. Uh, my back three for game week one is Chilwell, Stupian, and Gabriel. Um, on my defensive two subs is Bulldog and Yudoji. My midfield is Bruno, Mbwemo, Saka, James Madison, and Mohamed Salah. And up front, I've got Joe Pedro and Erling Haaland with Labama on the bench. Yeah, perfect. Dom, do you want to fire your team off and then we'll make a start? Uh, absolutely. I've gone rolling it a 3-4-3. Jason's still in net. Uh, same back three as Damo. It's Dupinion, Gabriel and Chilwell. Midfield of Rashford, Saka, Diaby and Mo Salah. And a front three of Erling Haaland, João Pedro, Nicholas Jackson, with Baldock, Henry, and Anderson from Newcastle as my mid, and Ariola as my backup keeper, but we'll probably change to Turner. Yep, cool. So we got a few differences in there, um, but a lot the same. So going through the defences, we're pretty much the same bar goalkeeper. So Damo and I share the same goalkeeper. The only other change in our starting defences is that I'm rolling with John Stones and you guys have Chilwell. What have you guys seen? Because I actually haven't had a chance to watch much or any of the pre-season games because I've been away myself uh, over the off-season or the pre-season sort of period. 
I've heard a lot about Chilwell's attacking numbers. Um, I think what I'm contemplating with Stones and Chilwell is do you take the more attacking-minded defender in the worst defence or do you take Stones, who has had a role change, who looks to be shifting more inside to the midfield? On paper, you'd say City have the better defence, but with the less attacking output. So where are you guys sitting? Obviously, you both have Chilwell, but how are you reading that situation at the moment? Well, Dom, you're the Chelsea fan, so I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll put in what I've seen from preseason after that, though. So, a few reasons here. Uh, Chilwell has been on set pieces, both taking both sides of corners, left and right. Oh, that's big. Yeah, that's that's a big one for me. I think we're a bit of uh, Chelsea seem to be a bit of a will be dominant from set pieces. Nicholas Jackson, a big body number nine. Thiago Silva, Levi Colwill are all dangerous from set pieces. Same with Diarcy. And yeah, yep, uh, yep. When he, when he eventually comes into the team, which I think he will within the first maybe month. And Fatty Shilo. And just yeah, sorry. Yeah, Fatty back after a few months. Uh, sorry, a few weeks. And just yeah, how high he's been bombing on. James obviously better defensively, so he seems to be sitting back a bit. And Chuo bombing on getting into the right positions, getting a lot of touches in the box in pre-season. I watched pretty much every Chelsea game in pre-season, and I just love the look at him. He looks like he's back to his best. And in that, the first, well, he goes to Liverpool, and this is a big one. You boys might not like this one, but he, he will he will go at Trent because Trent, Trent likes to go forward as well. So you're going to see a great battle down that, that flank. Well, the other thing as well, Dom, is the last two times we've played have been nil-nil as well. And I can't yeah. remember if the one the season prior was a nil-nil too. So I think there's been a few in a row. Yeah, everyone's but, talking I'll, about... I'll put good money that there's both teams score this game. Oh, I look, so, I'm the same. Like What we've seen in pre-season is both sides scoring goals. But and, and you love to see it. There's still a world where you know it could still be nil-nil. And if Chilwell... Yeah. Or it could be a one-nil. And if Chilwell does... You know, get a return plus a clean sheet, then bonus point central. Yeah, I don't think there'll be a clean sheet, but let's be a great battle down that side. So yeah, that's my reasoning. I feel like he's he's the guy, and he doesn't have much competition. Cucurella's, yeah, you know, he's, he's not great. Okay, Damo, is there anything there that Dom hasn't covered? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that Dom hasn't covered. Um, a lot of that that he ticked off is really good. Um, from the main reason for me is. I really want to chill in from game week three onwards because it goes Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham. Yeah. And like that's just the run that gets you to game week seven and then your wild card because it's two wild cards again this season opens up from seven to like game week 12 and you have to use the first one by 20. Um, so I really want to with those fixtures and I want to get ahead of those guys that own Stones that are going to go, oh, okay, Stones had these two good fixtures. Now Chilwell's on this run, 5.5 point, 5.5 or moving to stupid. You want to get one transfer ahead. Um, the other thing that I will caveat this with is obviously Richie has been made captain, and in Cuckoo being out for a couple of months, there is rumours James could be on penalties. I'll tell you straight away if Poch gets asked this in his press conference and he says James is on penalties, it will be joy out for James for me. Yeah, Big I don't problem. mind that shout um, as well, but obviously the health side of things, but you can't predict that. So, no. Look, I'm not sold yet on that position there in John Stone. So whether I do look to, to pivot there, I don't know. I think the run for Man City is arguably as, as good as Chelsea's uh, through Correct. the first seven. But then you've obviously got the the rotation risk. Uh, you've got the role change. And do we know what Stones is going to be? So there's a few options there. If you're making that decision and you go either way, I think you can be justified in which one you go with in the end. I don't think it really matters at that point. Yeah. But 
if you're playing the long-term game, I think you, it's like you're, I'm leaning 60% Chilwell, 40% Stones if you're looking at a long-term play because you talk about job security. And as Dom, you've already mentioned, Chilwell's got that left wing-back role locked in. And all the things I'm hearing is that that left side's the side to to really exploit from a left wing-back perspective and I think Chilwell will actually get better when Nkunku's back in the team when if he's going to play off the left so that's the defense side of things I'm just trying to remember midfields off the top of the head so um I think we've all got Salah is that right no you don't have Salah I do yes so we've we... been on Salah from the get-go mate we convinced you to get Salah no I've been watching pre-season I yeah, have yeah, so. nine returns I'm, uh, as uh, you know, Paul's a big Liverpool fan too, but you know, I've watched preseason. Um, I've seen our stuff, the highlights, but he's he's been incredible. So I can't justify waking up at three in the morning and then freaking out if he's going to bag or not with him not being in my fantasy side. Yeah, that's for me, me the big too. Calls then, for me, the big call was obviously between Rashford and Bruno. I've made my choice with Bruno, and that's not going to change. Yeah, but uh, yeah, look, I, I just feel like. Especially with the injuries to Jesus and to Nkunku, the money's there to free up to Lea to get Salah. I will say that if Jesus was fit or Nkunku was fit, I would probably go more template, considering how yep. much pay leaves I am and go without Salah. But with the injuries, I just think it's a no-brainer with the preseason he's had as well. So I think when it comes to Salah, I've been thinking this question and how I was going to pose it to you guys uh, for a while. So I think what you're looking at is you're looking at Salah and it's like a three-way rotation, if this makes sense. So I'm in my team, the three players that have changed a lot over the last 48 hours have been Salah, Eze, Giao Pedro. And yeah. then on the return, you pick up Martinelli, Bruno, Watkins. Which group of three becomes the three that you go if that you go with. So at my midfield at the moment is Saka, Rashford, and then two six and a halves, whether that's in Buemo and Eze come deadline. The only other six and a half I'm really considering is Matoma just to cover the um, the selection uh, and, and the popularity of, of him. But I really do like Eze because he's another penalty taker. But that's what you're weighing up. So you're going big, big with Salah and what Salah gives you is a, a really strong captain option at home in game week two. And that's what's leaning me to Salah at the moment. Jao Pedro worries me a little bit and I do want to talk about him a little bit later. I don't want to go right into him right now. But if you're posed with Pedro, a 6.5 and Salah versus an eight and a half or a nine, depending because you've already got Bruno, so you'd be able to get up to Rashford Damo. So for your circumstance, yeah. it would be Ollie Watkins or Callum Wilson, so that eight million striker point, or someone that Dom has, Nicholas Jackson, who I think's going to be serviceable. And then you get sort of two of those, you know, I don't call them premium midfielders, but they are premium midfielders. Those, you know, that next tier down. How does that make you feel going into game week two with no seller or no Liverpool asset against Bournemouth? Look, it's like 740 drafts in, and a lot of them have contained no Salah, has been documented by Tom with a little jibe. Um, yep. And, yeah, we, I've been tinkering a lot. Uh, it, it's one of those ones where I would say the money being spread around of Rashford um, for me or Bruno for about a couple of years, guys, uh, and then obviously another six and a half mil or 
7 mil, 7.5 mil, 8 mil striker, whichever way I want to go, plus one Martinelli, Odegaard. Um, Jeez, uh, if you really want to do yeah, it bravely, or I, or uh, I, I, I wouldn't touch Foden enough to commit this year. I actually think I'd go solid down to Rashford. I'd move my... Oh, I wouldn't move my Madison pick up to Son. I'm pretty happy with Madison. Um, and then, yeah, Pedro would move up, but... Uh, the reason why I've done it is I think that Pedro Southern, no money in the bank and me going to Madison, because I had a nana in this morning and I've moved him down to Pickford to free up the funds to get Madison in. I think that will outscore the other option only because I think Salah, because I'm going to cut him in game week two, will outscore that. Yep. And I think Salah's fixtures and what he's done in pre-season, I think we're going to be very Liverpool-esque. We're going to win a lot of games like 5-3, 5-2. It's going to be you know, old school clock sort of thing. Not take old school clock in terms of, yeah, you know, what the last two seasons where we get 97 points. I'm meaning like... 15, 16, call, 17 clock when correct, we just had to where, attack. We're either going to lose games 2-1 or 3-1 because we can't defend and there's going to be games we're going to win 5-4, 5-3 because we can't defend and Trent's going to be playing as, you know, a 10, basically. We're going to have three in the back, arguably two at times. So, yeah, look, with that being said, I've gone some of down that... That route, I just I also think you know the the upside is he's got twenty eight percent ownership. Yeah, it's huge. Like as in that, that's almost differential levels. Yeah, at that point, it's twenty. It's twenty five percent at the moment according that, to the fantasy football hub. It'll rise after the Kane news. Yeah, probably. Um, and I think people come deadline are going to panic that they don't have a Liverpool asset. And I've been thinking this, and I've been trying to pick apart who you could go with. There's just not a nailed, there's not a second nailed Liverpool asset. Regardless of. Four guys fighting for two spots. It's it's Salah or it's Trent if you want the nailedness. And then if you wanted to pick one of those four spots, I think you had a pre season because I've watched it all. If you are someone listening in here going, okay, two of these boys, Liverpool fans, who would you pick? I think Yota would be the only one that you would pick to say, I think he starts. But But in a a heartbeat, though, Luis Diaz can take that role back. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he's coming off an injury too. Yeah, look, Gak- Gakpo, the, the issue with Gakpo is we've seen him play up front. We've seen him play as an eight. So what's his role long-term? There's too many question marks when it comes to Liverpool. So look, and Dom, you've been Salah the whole time you said as well. So I, I don't even yeah. think posing to you going stronger in the midfield is going to make a difference anyway, yeah. just for food for thought. So I guess the big other dilemma, I think everyone's got Saka. He's kind of just that nailedness. You want the penalty taker. The minutes uh, are fantastic yeah. for Saka. Plus, the really, there's no other right winger at Arsenal. So, he just sort of has everything wrapped in one. It's the Rashford-Bruno the debate. Uh, Dom, what side are you are falling on over there? Um, with Hoyland coming in, injured already, Rashford will be playing as the nine. And Good. that's my that's my reasoning. And I think Bruno, you'll see, play a bit deeper next to Mount. I think he'll play a bit, bit, he'll play a bit of more forward option for Mount, but I think he'll, he'll drop in a bit deep. And I watched him in pre-season a couple of games and he wasn't playing as a true out-and-out 10. It was more yep. of a six, two eights with Bruno pushing on a bit. Yeah. But I think Rashford's the guy playing as a nine. He's yeah. a good finisher. Wolves, managerless, barely signed anyone, game week one. Yeah, you but need a part of that him, team. Lock him in for a goal. Put it on record. Yeah, I love it. And I've gone Rashford pretty much for the same reasons because I've been listening to a few Manchester United fans who think 
that Mount and Bruno both won't push together. So it's going to be one or the other. Yep. So the positive with Bruno is you get penalties, which yep. Manchester United were uh, quite low on receiving penalties last year. So he missed out Only on a lot three. of returns. Two seasons ago, they were, felt like they were getting one a week. Yeah. And that's the difference between Bruno having a fantastic year and a below average yeah. year. Apparently he was also um, one of the most play of the, one of the highest players that hit the woodwork last year as well. Correct. So you, you add that in. So I think there's more upside in Bruno than Rashford because Rashford had a career best year last year. And I'm not expecting to get the Rashford who goes and scores seven, eight, nine goals at home in a row, but for a short term, option i really like rashford because what it gives me is if he doesn't look good or if he struggles or if hoyland comes in and he plays a different role you can pivot down it's a lot easier to pivot down because there's a plethora of seven million options um or seven and a half million options that i want to keep my eye on and one of them is definitely james madison that damo's going to talk about at some point tonight as well yeah but i also want to see what happens with richarlison now that kane's uh, moved on to Bayern Munich. So I really want to see if Richarlison's starting up front, you get the 7 million asset for Spurs as a striker, as a midfielder, with the service that he's going to get with Kulusevski, with Son and with Madison, and potentially Pedro Poro and Destiny Udoji going down the wings. Spurs could be another team that are going to score a lot of goals. So I'm yeah. very much keeping my eyes on Ange, not just because he's an Australian manager in the Premier League, but because his team is, we know he's going to play expansive, high-pressing, attacking football. We know that they're going to be exciting to watch, number one, but that, that normally dividends in, in good returns for attacking players in fantasy. Not so much, you know, your defenders in particular, but we'll see how they look defensively. So going forward of the ball, I think there's two very different narratives here, lads. Haaland is just locked and loaded. We played around with not having him for a short period of time last year. It bit us in the butt. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> learned from that? Thanks for bringing that up. What we learned, though, was that <laughs> Pep's going to back him in. Because what we thought coming from Dortmund was that he'd get rested, that he wasn't going to be able to withstand playing across the Premier League and the Champions League, and he's shown us last year that he can do that. I think he missed one game, I reckon, last year through injury. But other than that, he's just going to be locked in captain option quite often. If you are going one premium, you could easily just roll with him captain every week and it not be a problem. But with Salah, you want to utilize that. The other question we've got is Jao Pedro. Now, the big news on Jao Pedro, penalties. He took a penalty whilst Pascal Gross was on the pitch. McAllister's gone. That's a big, big advantage. Sounds like he's going to play in the 10, and I'm pretty sure that's where he's been playing in preseason, if I'm not wrong. So there's been a a bit of a vacated spot there. I don't... Who typically played in the 10? I know McAllister at times played deeper. Uh, Lallana, when fit, played, and then he got injured, and then it was McAllister that went forward. Okay, and, and then in uh, CISO was coming off the bench and yeah. moving into there as well. Um, the last six games in the 10, yeah, at the end of the year last year, yeah. Right, I know but... when I was there, over there in April, yeah, when he scored that they, banger, when, yeah, he scored the banger, he was playing 10. All right, so in pre season, though, the minute 
shared looks to be more on Jao Pedro at this stage. So I think yep. for me, Jao Pedro is. Let's see what the first three games present. <laughs> Luton at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home. You'd expect Brighton to win two of those minimum. at a minimum. And if Jao Pedro is on the pitch for sixty-five to seventy minutes, you're expecting probably one return out of that. I think that would be fair to expect out of a 5.5 million striker. My bigger question is, obviously the fixtures, we all know about the fixtures for Brighton, but I also think Brighton are a team that for attacking options are almost fixture-proof. We know they're going to play good football. If you've got attacking assets from Brighton, you're not going to just sell them because they're playing Newcastle at home, Manchester United at Old Trafford, then they get Bournemouth, Villa, Liverpool at home, Man City away, and then then the fixtures turn good again. So I think we're going to get three good weeks to look at Jao Pedro, and if he's getting up to at least 70, 75 minutes, how do you guys feel about riding him longer term? I think he's in my team as a lock to my first wildcard, um, and the main reason for that is two, well, two main reasons. First one is we haven't mentioned it, and it was going to be my rebuttal for Bruno, but I didn't get to rebuttal for Bruno's option. Is uh, games are now going to be 13 minutes of added time now after the 90, 12 minutes you saw in the championship just gone. It's going to be the World Cup style of yeah. added time. So if he doesn't start and comes on in the 65th, he's still going to get half an hour at these teams against tired attendance, which I think is important. Secondly, historically, penalties generally happen in the Premier League later in games. Um, there was some statistical breakdown that was done by Raptor that shows that majority of penalties over the last 20-odd seasons are between 80 to the 90th minute and then at a time of 90. Now that we're going to get to 100 minutes in games, there's arguably going to be more tired defenders committing more penalties. And if there's a penalty take, I'm happy to ride him. Yep. The last option I want to bring into that is we all have a playing defender or we think your doggy's going to be starting at 4.5 mil on that first change. I really think in those harder fixtures, as long as you've got a defender to come in and I've hard got to be up front, you, you should, could play 4-5-1. Yeah, I've got two defenders, defenders as well. I've got Botman so, too. Yeah, so when, when Botman's fixtures turn well, um, you know, you can easily go four, five, one and ride Pedro the whole way. He's five point five mil, so we're not going to treat him as you know as an eight million forward. Yeah, he can be benched, and you know, and don't get me wrong, there's been times where I've benched people. Andreas Pereira last year, I benched him for every one of his big returns. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going to have people that are going to score points on the bench. Just make your best decision. I think Pedro's a lock for me long term. He's their big money signing. He's on penalties. Yeah, he's the record signing, isn't he? And yeah, he is. And I expect him. I know they're going to have Europe and they're going to rotate him, but in those rotated games, still expect him to get 25 to 35 minutes with the new minute system in the Prem. And even in those games, if I do start him in my game week side, I still expect him to probably feature somewhat. Yeah. I, I really do like the option. And even when he was at Watford, and that's in a struggling Watford side, he still showed promise, um, which Correct. I think is key. Um, and his data actually wasn't too bad for the situation that he was in. So he's a, a wait and see. Um, but when we're talking about being able to make funds available, by bringing Rashford back down to a mat, like two moves is very easy from Rashford down to a Madison and then him up to a Jackson or Rashford down to a six and a half and then up to an Nkunku. Incun- it's very easy to pivot him out. So it's not like you're handcuffed into Giao Pedro either. So a bit of a wait and see um, for me at the moment. I think the big question is the Salah Harland for a lot of people and whether they do double up the premiums. And I guess what you're prepared to trade off is your midfield 
typically at this stage, or Dom has been able to show that you can still go 3-4-3 with Salah in the team, which is really exciting because I think you've got to find value somewhere else. For me, it's in those 6.5 million midfielders. I've been really hot on Eze this uh, off-season as well. I think with no Zaha in the side, Eze is going to take a bigger role. I think he played a lot before with Patrick Vieira more in the midfield three. Whereas when Roy Hudson came in, he pushed Eze a bit further forward. And Eze played every single minute under Roy Hudson last year, like the the back end of last season. And I think that's huge. So that shows that he's got a lot of faith in Eze. They're saying he's on penalties now that Zaha's gone. Zaha's record on penalties was pretty average as well, if you can remember. He did miss a few. I think Crystal Palace are going to be one of those sides that they're not going to change too much. And... If you're looking, I think Mbwemo, he's been training. I think he's the number one 6.5 midfielder. If you've got one 6.5 midfielder slot, you've got to go with Mbwemo just because of decent enough fixtures to start with plus penalties. Although he's, I don't think he's, he's not going to be Ivan Tony, and we know we're not expecting Ivan Tony numbers, but Brentford is still going to be a good team. And even if he's not playing as a striker, even on the right-hand side, we know that he can still return. He's on corners as well. So expect Mbwemo. Like Mbwemo's just got a lot nailed there. But I think if you're picking two, I'm finding it very hard to to bring in a third Brighton asset over having Mbwemo and Eze. What are your thoughts on that, guys? I'll let you go first, Tom. Uh, Dale, you take this one. All right, well, I think I've, 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 I've had Matoma, Matoma in and out, and my only worry of not owning Matoma is 38% ownership. And, yeah. you know, people will be like, yeah, I should pick the people that get the best points. Yes, but if your aim is to win FPL, which, look, it's not my goal. My goal is to finish top 50k if I win it by all means. Um, I think you need to have those picks and cover off those ownerships. reason why I haven't done with Matoma is I think long-term rotation risk is in those big European games, you'll get rested before those European games. Still come off the bench, like Pedro will come off the bench and get his 25 minutes and he'll be very good. I just feel like the points that when we can get his fingers on is so much bigger. I know people are worried about, oh, well, they don't have the outball. Yeah, but you watch like seven games with Whistler and Mbwemo playing together and they scored goals for fun, you know? So, and Mbwemo, he's got penalties nailed, corners nailed, main man nailedness. I don't see a world. Eze for me is pretty good. There was actually a rumor coming out tonight that the Kane buying move eventuates, which it looks like it's going to. Uh, it's all up to Kane if he wants to sign the dollar line now because they've accepted terms. There's actually a rumor that Eze could get a bid from Spurs now, which is would be crazy. And that one is making pretty good value. I think at six and a half mil as well. I think I know this is a bit controversial, but I actually think the best six and a half is in Wemo, and then it is uh, Eze, then it's Matoma and Diaby will feature at some point down the line as well. Yeah. I think is going to definitely be a wildcard target once we know how him and Watkins are going to work together. Um, you actually sent us a photo uh, tonight as well, Damo, with Buendia going down with a potential ACL, which I think probably hurts Watkins and Diaby um, massively because I think the more quality that you get in that Aston Villa side on the pitch, the better those assets are going to play together. Um, Good photo, Dom, by the way. Oh, sorry, was that Dom that sent it through? Yeah. Sorry, Dom. Well, who, come, who comes into the 10 then? Who knows? <laughs> I haven't 
kept up with too much Aston Villa um, at the moment. I might try and <clears throat> have a bit of a, a look now as, as we uh, progress through. I sort of read something that they were playing a four four two. Yeah, I actually think Josh Archer. I think this actually makes Josh Archer yeah. nearly a better option. Yeah. Cam- Cameron the Archer, the striker. Yeah. Yeah. I said Josh Diaby. Yeah. Diaby <laughs> uh, apparently was playing up top with Watkins in a four four two, where the wide men were tucking in a bit. Okay. Like when Dio was one of those wide men, so I don't know. I'm still rolling oh. with Diaby. I think. I think. Uh, I think Diaby's a good pick. I think if you want to pick the ultimate. Uh, uh, differential out of the four, it's DRB. I still think Eze is a very good differential as well. I will say, I got 0.5 I can tinker with that could easily be a DRB up to Richarlison once we hear some overnight Spurs news. Yeah, I think for Richarlison, I just want to see it first. Like, he didn't have a great year last year, and granted, he had a good World Cup and then got injured, but I just want to see him. We've seen him do it for Everton and we've seen him do it for Watford in the past. But I just want to see how it works with Spurs now. Have two tough games. They go uh, Brentford away, United home. So you get, yeah, so, two. You get two. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah. I think you get two weeks to look at how they line up, mm-hmm. whether they return or not. I'm not looking at that. Like FPL is not a game just based off of results. Like yes, you take the results, but you I want to you want to see the numbers and you want to see the potential in those players mm-hmm. because. When you get a run of Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield, Arsenal away, again, in a North London derby, anything can happen. Then you get Liverpool at home. Again, we're going to concede goals. Spurs are going to concede goals. And then they go Luton, Fulham, Palace, Chelsea, Wolves, Villa, Man City, West Ham. (laughs) That's a good run. And we know that Spurs against City away, Pep, it's the only team Pep hasn't beaten in the Premier League. So... One of Kulisevsky's son, Richarlison and Madison, are going to be vital, I think. And Damo, I might let you talk to that because you've got Madison in your team at the moment. I do. So my draft until this morning, and I am a fantasy football hub uh, ultra member, was with Onana in net. And uh, I got my feedback back from my coach that you get for that gives you feedback once a month. And he told me out of Onana for the main reason that if, we're going to think that Bruno is going to take so many more of these bonus points out of United. It means Anana's never going to get free bonus unless he keeps a clean sheet and saves in penny, which I thought was a good point. So hence why I went down to Pickford. And they gave me one mil in the bank. And the question for me was like, do I go with Embuemo and Matoma, which I had with one mil in the bank, moving Anana down to Pickford because I had a point five before, or do I just spend that one mil on Madison? Two reasons why I did it. A, um, I think if I'm looking game week three onwards, you want a Spurs asset and I want a Chelsea asset. I've already got Chilwell. And then if I get Madison, I'm already two transfers ahead of everyone else. Yeah. And I think not taking hits is something I did a lot of last, especially after I took Harlan out, having Harlan back in, I was constantly taking hits. Um, And when I finished top 30K second chance league last year, I stopped taking hits. So I want to avoid that. The second yes, thing is... Big one. Is, pardon? That's the big one. Yeah. Don't take any hits. Oh, yeah, man. After Harlan came out, I think I took hits for five weeks in a row trying to fix the team to get Harlan back. It was brutal. Um, but yeah, Madison, I think thinking long term yet again is having Chilwell, having Madison. Udoji for me is one I want to speak about because I actually think it's a mistake having him now that Kane's going. Um, but I'll get on to that. But Madison for me, the position he gets him is he's a very aggressive eight. There was returns at Leicester on a weaker side and only had Vardy really 
providing of quality there. KG Harvey Barnes was incredible. And I think if you've got the likes of Son, you've got the likes of, uh, you know, probably on fullbacks like Pedro Porro, who, you know, and system, which we know well and know, is wingers stay very high and wide. It's the fullback getting in behind and getting one on one with the striker. It's the, you know, it's that sort of role. Whoever plays up front for Angel is just going to be tucking the ball in. So these eights are playing all these key passes, which is bonus points galore in fantasy. And they're the ones going to be getting on the end of these cutbacks as well because they get into the box late, as we've seen. So I feel like. Even though I know it's got Brentford in United, I will back Spurs to score being Ange Postacoglu's side. And I really do think Madison will be either the assister or the scorer in most. And I honestly think he gets over 200 points this season. So I think if that's my logic, that he's going to get 200 points this season, why not start with him? I know it leaves my money in the bank. I'm very big on having money in the bank for the flexibility. But uh, I honestly think if I want flexibility, it's Sutler down to Rashford and then there's the flexibility. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think with you, Doji, for me, so I've brought him in today as well because the runner games three, four, five are very, very strong. And I just know that between Estupin and uh, Botman who play each other, I can be in a world where I don't have to worry about that Brighton-Newcastle game at all. I think that's huge. And then I can play the best fixture. between, And then Giao Pedro at some point is going to not play for me. Yeah. And I've got the extra 0.5 sitting on there because I don't want to have to carry Bulldog. And I'd rather have the 0.5 as an option. And Udoji and Botman aren't just going to sit on my bench and not be used. So yeah. I'll, I'll be playing the best matchup between the three out of the defence most weeks. Nice. And I think for your setup, Udoji's fine, Paul. For my setup, especially because Udoji, Bulldog, and Barma, I don't like him. And there's a reason why. And it's because I've got Madison. And in game week three, my plan's always been a stoop into Poro, five mil for five mil. No money in the bank, so hopefully no price rises. If anything, I think a stoop in will start well and go up, and I don't think Poro will get a clean sheet first two game weeks, so I don't think he will rise unless he scores goals. Yeah. Um, and that's the target, the first pitches. But because I've got Udogi and I'm starting with Madison, if I want Poro for a stoop in, that gives me free Spurs assets already. Yeah. And if I think, and I think your trainer thought's really good with Richarlison, that we get two... Very, very hard game to see if he starts and where he plays. So I think the time that Richarlison up front, Son out wide, what I really hope happens is that Son actually comes into the middle and Richarlison goes wide. Yeah. Um, because I think Son will be a lot better in any system up front than he would be out wide. It allows us to see what happens with Richarlison. If I have Udoji, I've locked myself out of Spurs completely. I've got free assets. And I really think the three best assets moving forward is going to be Madison, Porro, and then one of Richarlison or Son. And we're going to be able to find that out in the first two game weeks. So for me, I really do think I'm going to do Udoji back down to Koyo, which was my original 4.5 defender, who is nailed for Chelsea. And allows me to go two Chelsea assets for their long run in. Allows me to go Madison and Porro from game week three with Madison already in my team. And it allows me to see if that third Spurs asset is necessary or not. Yeah. Look, I think we know Spurs are going to be very good to watch um, and I, I think we just need time because new manager some new faces and I think time's our friend and the good thing is especially when it comes to the midfield uh, we've got lots of, of ways to make things happen so if I needed to move a Rashford or Salah to make that happen then that's doable or if something was to happen to Saka so there's lots of avenues to the Spurs assets because they're in different price points as well so you've got a 7 and a 9 million asset and a seven and a half million asset, which I really like that they're in very, they're all in different price points. So 
you might actually have to get handcuffed into one of those if you don't have the funds. So if you know you can't get up to Sun, that's fine. If you actually can't get to Madison, it's fine because you should be able to make half a mil somewhere to bring a six and a half up to Richarlison if he looks good. Is Kulisevsky at seven as well? Uh, I think Dejan is. I reckon he is. He is. So, you know, he could be a lock on the right-hand side as well and look good. You never know. So you've got a lot of flexibility with that front four, which I think is going to be really vital. And I want to, if I do want to bring in a Spurs midfielder, I want to make sure I'm getting the right one. So that's, like, I think Madison is because they don't have another number 10. So, like, he's just, he is the 10 in that, or he's as the, the eight that moves forward in that role. But I, I just want to see how it looks first. And I, other than getting rid of Botman and someone else, like, I just can't make the money work unless I turned Rashford down to Bruno and then moved one of the 6.5s up and then me and you have like, the same team demo. So, yeah. you know, I, if I'm backing... The decision I have to make, and probably Dom, I think you'd probably be in the same position, is you're making the decision, am I going to take Rashford over a Spurs asset to start the season? And for yes. me, getting Wolves, Spurs and Forest in the first three games, I think you take Rashford over one of those Spurs guys. Yeah, especially playing in nine. Yeah. So, look, lots and lots to un- unpack. It's going to be an unbelievable first game week, starting with... Man City against Burnley. I have been forever moving Man City assets in and out of my team because I always find it crazy that this this is a team that's won three titles in a row and we've barely owned an asset from Man City um, because obviously Pep Roulette is, is real. Is there someone other than Haaland that you guys have your eye cheekily watching? I have one. Apart from Stones, I think Stones may come back into my draft. But the only one is uh, Bernardo Silva. Don't like that at all. Yeah, I had him last year. His numbers just never... The role's there because they still haven't signed another right winger. And Pep's really reluctant to use Foden for whatever reason on the right. So, Well, I think the goals and the assists have to come from somewhere. And last year it was De Bruyne who's injured. Well, he played in the community shows. Gone. I think. I think Bernardo's gonna have to do something. Continue. Yeah, he's gonna have to do something. But there is just talks dropped from Fabrizio of Jeremy Doku linked to. God, that's random. That's very random. That's a good old football manager move. Well, that's a and typical then... right winger that's gonna sit on the wing so Stones can drift inside and do that. The right winger typically sits high and wide, which is why I don't there like chasing the them. news overnight of uh, Lucas Paqueta. Yeah, I did see that too. <clears throat> Damo, anyone from City that you're keeping an eye on? Well, well, he had just... seven, out of my 747 drafts, <laughs> I had Foden in for about 7.30 until... Until he didn't play. Well, yeah, and then I'll take him straight out and then move Salah in and then now I've got this team. Um, I think after pre-season and the minutes he's got, Greenish is always an option. Yeah. I think he's yeah. pretty good and he looks like he's nailed on the left. So we all speaking about Foden being, oh my God, it's Phil Foden, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Greenish seems to be keeping him out. And yeah, I know his first season under City was poor last year, especially second half of the year was really good and really nailed. So I think Greenish is one I'm looking at. Madison could turn into Greenish. I just think the upside of Madison being nailed plus long-term fixtures is there. Um, outside of that, yes, I've had Stones in a lot of my drafts too over Chilwell and then moved Chilwell in. I'd rather be one transfer ahead. 
Um, and I think that Stones, even though he's midfield change, he's a more defensively minded midfielder. So that's all of that. I know this one's going to sound crazy to his boys, but I've really been tempted by Edison. Oh, God. Yeah, I just... I just I, I know, know what you're going to tell me, but I just have to say the defensive numbers last year was insane. I know you can see the movie's first shot on Park a lot last season. Surely Lightning doesn't strike twice. I've seen well with City Mine, you can see 15 goals a year, which means Edison's going to keep about 20 something clean sheets. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of points. Yeah, he just doesn't no. do anything, though. <clears throat> like, he doesn't get yeah. the holes. Like, for the money you pay, it's just not worth the extra they, meal. They just dominate teams, they don't touch the ball. Yeah. Which, you know, if you tell me my keeper's getting six points every game, you probably take goals. that, but. Yeah. yeah, I can't justify spending the extra million on oh, a goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I, I think Pickford's a more fun pick because Pickford's going to always going to make thirty saves <laughs> with the clean sheet. With Sean Dyche, thinking the clean Mate, sheet at home. I want to actually bring this up. Have you just been on Pickford the whole time, Paul? You've been switching this four point five mil Pickford. No, no. So my four point five has always been Pickford, but I've been switching I've, between him and Onana. I've switched now that I've made the decision not to go with Onana between Pickford and Johnson. That has changed about eight times today. Yeah, I just I just don't know enough about Johnson. It might be me being naive, and I think Everton's fixtures are okay to start with, and I'll just ride him to my wild card and deal with it then. So, so for me, Johnston only came in and was nailed for the last seven games last season, was the best performing keeper in the league. Yeah. Um, and he is nailed. Guides has come out and said that he wants to leave, so yeah. he's now nailed. Um, and his fixtures are nearly as good as Pickford's, and he rotates really well with Turner from Forest. When well, Pickford and Turner, I think it, Pickford, you play eight games, and then in Turner, you play the next three. I think with Johnson, you play seven, and Turner plays four. And that's the game week 11 wildcard, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Um, and I think the Everton defence compared to the Palace, Palace. defence, defence, I think under Roy is better than the, the Everton defence we saw last year with Sean Dyche. The reason I've got Pickford now is I believe there's any manager that makes the defence good at Sean Dyche. And yeah, with a pre-season. Is anyone that replicates Nick Pope or Burnley, it's Pickford. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I think well, that's... What's some big anyway. news coming in. Here we yeah, go. go. Far away. Kepa bid submitted by Bayern Munich to sign Kepa. Robert Sanchez is 4.5. Already transferred. <laughs> that makes things easy. The issue there is, so you're going to be Chilwell and... Sanchez. Sanchez. And then he's gonna oh when Cuckoo's out for two months, Nicholas Jackson, Dom's already got him. I would actually be Chirwell, Cobo, and Sanchez. I've left a spot because I would have my four point five would have been Colwell. I would have him in over you Doji for my setup. To be he's fair, a, I'd leave a Chelsea spot because I think they're gonna be very attacking. Yeah, you don't want to triple and, up defense Chelsea too. Yeah. And I think Chirwell has to be a lock. Think of that. Yeah. That's okay. Very... Um to move on um i'll just go on to my city player because you guys didn't actually mention oh, the yeah. one i'm looking at oh, and wow. for me it's about the system more than the player because what caught my eye was that julian alvarez started the going to say that the uh, community shield f- uh, final there and for 6.5 if he gets a run he of games as, he starts as a number nine for probably every other club in the premier league yeah oh, i'll take it Ball. And if he's going to play that second striker to Haaland, I know he's not yeah. going to do it long term. <clears throat> pardon me. But 6-5 in the striker world where we don't know what we want, that could be in a team that I've now gone really safe with my expected minutes, that could be a pick where you go, do I take a risk? 
Because by having Haaland, I was thinking this today, you don't gain anything by City doing anything because everyone's got Haaland. So it doesn't matter what he does because everyone's got him. So do you, t- do you take the punt on a yeah. Julian Alvarez? And it doesn't have to be from game week one. If we see that for the first three weeks that he plays, all you have to raise is a million to get Pedro up to Alvarez if we see that he's going to be there long-term. So that's just someone I'm going to be watching through the first three games. And if he's scoring and looking good, there's a world where I double up City attack. Uh, uh, look, I think it sounds great in theory, but knowing Pep, he'll score four goals in the first three game weeks and then he won't start for the next seven weeks and he'll play Foden out of nowhere. It's just something he does. So Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. So uh, Look, don't get me wrong. In a perfect world, I would have three City assets. But... It's too hard. City assets, but it's just too hard. I agree. All right. So I think we move straight into what we want to achieve out of this year um, because of just being mindful of the time. I think we've had some interesting thoughts and views and and whatnot through um, our seasons last year. For me, if I can break anywhere around the 250K mark, that would be a very, yeah. very good season for me. Yep, I second that. Okay, so for those that don't know my journey last year, I got out 5.2 mil in the world, and I was laughed when I was told that I would finish inside the top 500k. We finished like 383 or 343. You also said multiple times you were never playing the game again. <laughs> yes, I did say that. It, there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of stress, that is for sure. Uh, we finished 335k. The year before that, I finished 73rd k. I've never finished inside the top 50K ever. I've had some close runs and top 100Ks, but never top 50. I want to test the waters and not make any really bad trends like Harland out. Um, so I honestly think last year was the year I should have finished top 50K. And if it wasn't for Harland coming out, I mean, 5.2 mil before the World Cup, I really do think I should have done it. So this year, especially with the amount of money I've invested in paid leagues and whatever, I really want to finish top 50K. Yeah. Three of us are in a $100 league yeah. together, which will be very interesting. Well, I like that that's a head-to-head, yeah. so it takes yeah. away how, from... How, how, how did that go for you last year, Tom? Yeah, I think I finished. <laughs> I think I got relegated. Um, <laughs> mate, I beat you in the cup final, that's all I know. That's right. That wasn't for money, though. <laughs> um, quickly, I've got a team here from Odog on Twitter. Yep. Odog, if you're listening, you've listened this far in, <laughs> just send us a tweet saying Rico Henry, just so we know... You got this. Just at us, FPL Departer, Rico Henry. Okay. So he's got Edison in net, Estupian, Gabriel, Varane. And yep. I love this. He's got Ashley Young. He's been getting... He's playing on the wing, isn't he? Yeah, he yep. is. Well, I love that. Uh, Rashford, Saka, Salah, Odegaard, standard. Alan, Joao, Pedro up top. That's I, pretty... think it's not, I think it's not bad. I do, like, I do think Varane's a weird pick. I'd go for Delaw. I think they're the same price. Like, the run's 5 mil. hasn't really been starting. If you're on a United defender, go Luke Shaw. But, mate, we absolutely love the Ashley Young pick. Yeah. If he's got money in the bench, Luke Shaw's 5 mil. Way back in the day on FIFA. <laughs> the only thing I'd probably change is I'd, I'd take the goal threat of Martinelli over Odegaard. Like, I can understand the Odegaard from the assist potential, yeah, but... What I'm worried about with Odegaard is a role change because they haven't brought in a box-to-box midfielder to actually replace Xhaka. And there's yeah. no world, there's no way that Kai Havertz is going to do that role. 
So I think right. Odegaard, the one that will get sacked, like, especially at the first part of the year, now there's no Jesus, I think Havertz plays in that false nine. Who's going to play the box-to-box midfield role? Do they push Rice forward and then play party yeah. in the six, maybe? I think that's what they're going to do. It looked like that was how it sort of looked like in Community Shield at times. I do okay. think Odegaard was a bit more as well, like Bruno Woodford, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so um, surely you take Martinelli, yeah. save the point five, and then you can actually get Luke Shaw. So I think if you said to me Varane and Odegaard versus Shaw and Martinelli, I'd be going Shaw so Martinelli. 100% or drop Edison down to yeah. another key. Anyone else, but, literally yeah. anyone else but Allison. <laughs> yeah, and if I was to pick one over Allison or Edison, I know that I said I really would like Edison from City, I'll still take Allison because of the save points we'll get. Love it. So. If you've listened this far, make sure you get into the Discord. There will be a link in the description of the podcast wherever you're listening. But I would like to thank you guys uh, for listening already uh, to us talking about our teams. Moving forward, we will hopefully have the videos set up just because I've got back from a long break from home. I haven't had a chance to reset everything up. So we've gone audio only this week. Um, but hopefully from next week onwards, we're back live on YouTube so that you guys can get your questions in live and, and drop your views and thoughts in the chat. So look, it's going to be a fantastic first week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. Dom does put in a lot of work during the FPL season on the Twitter space. Yep. We'll be so up show him some love over there. Boys, you guys can sign off before I wrap us up. Oh, I was going to say, um, thank you yet again for having us on there, uh, Paul. I'll give you a hot take uh, or two to wrap up. First hot take, Bruno will get over 200 points and outscore Rashford. Second yeah. hot take, if Harlan gets injured, you will see Salah be the highest top scoring goal a point scorer this year in FPL. Love it. All righty. Dom, anything to I'll say before we wrap up? One thing and one thing only, Embuemo is a trap. Good night. Ooh, I like that one as a hot take. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week for our review of Game Week 1.